following program may contain forced language, suggested dialogue, and discussion of violent imagery and sexual situations. It is intended for mature listeners who can tell the difference between facts and opinions. It's Velor GTZ. Now we will start doing uh, kind of interesting shows for the coming weeks, in which we'll have multiple segments with various hosts. So, just going to give you that up front. Uh, so, later in this episode, uh, Velor and I will be joined by Caboose for our weekly discussion on Gamuseto Death Beats as it is an original series, and it has always been our policy to cover those. So, that's your warning. (laughs) And the main topic of today's podcast will be finally talking about the second season of One Punch Man. Yes, we made a bit of a meme out of it, haven't we? But It's Sketch's fault. Why is it my fault? Blame Sketch. I have been trying to get people to talk about this show for, like, at least half a year. <laughs> I wonder why people don't want to talk about it. Uh, shush, 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 shush. Anyway, uh, this is coming along, actually, very timely, because the uh, Season 2 box set is now available. And it's, uh, you know, it's another one of Viz's fancier box sets, which comes with, ooh, art cards. But also there will be six OVAs that you probably haven't seen included. And I do believe they will be dubbed. So, if you're fans of the dub and you want to see those OVAs, might be worth it just for that. But, eh, your mileage may vary. However, before we get into that, we're going to do a short little segment that I like to call That Stuff Sword Art Just Did. Because Sword Art Online returned in the most Sword Art Online way with Sexual Assault. <laughs> if you're a Leafa fan, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh. Yeah! So, at the beginning of this episode, Sinon finally shows up on the battlefield, and she has a nice moment reuniting with Kirito, and boy, she sneaks a kiss right in front of Asuna and all the other girls, man. <laughs> Bold! And that's why Sinon is best girl. But meanwhile, at another part of the battlefield, uh, Leafa appears, and she is greeted by one of the orcs, I think maybe the last survivor of the orcs after uh, most of them got decimated. And he's lamenting over his lost love, and you know, being real mopey about it, as you would be. And uh, he comes upon Leva, who just falls out of the sky. And he first thinks, okay, I'm going to attack you, and you're going to be my captive. And she just wants to be friends with him. She just wants to have a conversation. And he's really confused by that, because everybody's always treated him so poorly. Uh, particularly all the other races on the... Uh, 
dark side of the continent treat all the orcs very poorly. And she's like, no, you're human, just like me. So they have a nice little moment, which is totally ruined by the witch lady, D-I-something or other, <laughs> voiced by Kari Walgren, who decides that she needs to steal some life force in the most unpleasant way possible with tentacles. And she makes a real show of it. She rips off Leafa's breastplate and is like, Huh, you never seen a human girl before, have you? Yeah, bet you're getting turned on by this. All the while, the audience is like, What is wrong with you, lady? <laughs> and the orc guy's like, What? What? What's going on? So her tentacles, you know, loop around her. Start constricting her, and then, I kid you not, one goes in between her breasts, and later another one goes right up her crotch. Uh, why? Just... Because sword art. Why? Mm -hmm. Now, there are already people out there like, Oh, Reki Kawahara, he, he, he said he was going to stop doing this stuff, and he's, he's just a liar. Like, okay, give Reki a break here. Whoever's directing this show at A1 Pictures decided to uh, amp up this material because originally it was not nearly as disturbing in the light novel. They greatly extended it and made it grosser. So, why they did that? <laughs> Maybe they thought this is what the audience wanted. And I guess if that is the case uh, mm, we only have ourselves to blame <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know but as I have seen the rest of this season I can assure you that this is by far the most gross and disturbing thing that happens to any of the characters now there are unfortunate things that happen to characters and I won't go into those details and there are some violent and disturbing things, but as far as sexual assault goes, this is basically the worst thing. And uh, I wouldn't even say something else that happens is sexually assaulting somebody, but it is creepy. <laughs> the, uh, the big bad is a real creeper. Also, we got a great fight between him and Bercoli. And mm -hmm. saw just how hacks Gabriel is with all of his crazy powers. Like, Bercoli has a move that can stop time. And it's still not hacks enough to beat this guy. So he's basically just Dio. Eh, yeah. Basically. So yeah, uh, Sword Art's off to a, a start. <laughs> but... If you've been waiting all these years for one man to finally step up and have a moment, Klein finally got some shine. It was brief, it won't last, but it finally happened. And that I was did. an awesome move, I didn't enjoy that. I, I gotta be honest, <laughs> when that first happened I was like, oh hey, it's Klein. I, I don't think I was expecting that. <laughs> I expected him to show up. But I didn't expect him to show up like 
cool. Hey, it's gonna show, it's gonna show, usually it's just like shows up and then disappears and is never remembered. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, pork wine. But he gets a moment here, which uh, ugh. I'm gonna say it here. This this arc is not kind to Leafa, not at all. <laughs> she just she gets to deal with pain after pain after pain. Oh, but by the way, her avatar is like able to be revived after being completely drained because uh, sure <laughs> that's useful but also a good excuse to put her through <clears throat> terrible things and uh yeah that's it's not good apparently when they were recording this scene cassandra the the voice of suguha Lifa was having some technical difficulties, so she had to relive that a couple of times. And, uh... You're a trooper, Cassandra. You are a trooper. Yeah, I don't envy anyone having to do that scene. Yeah. But, as I said, thankfully, this is the worst thing. So, maybe don't give up just yet. (laughs) But... I don't blame you if you're like, you know what? No. <laughs> well, at least the crazy ass woman is dead now. Oh yeah, she she got way dead. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't really have any more generals, does he? <sighs> not not really, because the pugilists they're kind of on the good guys' side now, more or less, and. Uh, yeah. No, nobody else is really fighting for him, except he's got uh, his right-hand man there, and he's got a whole freaking army of <laughs> gamers. Hmm. <laughs> that one guy's like, man, this game's lame. Asuna from the back. <laughs> nope. <laughs> this game is lame, man. Oh! Oh, how lame is it now? <laughs> Just as lame. She killed me. That was bullshit, man. Hacks. I call hacks. <laughs> it, yeah, we'll get more into what's going on there later. But for the moment, it's nice to have all these characters back and, you know, doing something. Austin is currently leading that battle on the main battlefield and... She's just sent Sinon uh, off to help uh, Alice, and I guess to a lesser extent, Bercoli. So, things will progress. It is uh, basically a long fight for the remainder of most of these remaining ten episodes. And, uh, yeah... Things things are gonna get wild. Things are gonna get wild. Gonna just take a drink now. <laughs> Was it that bad for you? Uh, um, no, we're about to start talking about One Punch Man season two. <laughs> so it's gonna be worse. Okay, gotcha. Oh damn. <laughs> Look, it is a joke, 
that One Punch Man Season 2 is bad. It's not bad. It's just not as good as Season 1. I would agree with that. Which it's is a, a solid mediocre. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it is unfortunately not even like the best... Uh, what, what, what is that studio? Uh, JC Staff? Yeah, it's not even like the best JC Staff action show in recent years. Which is a shame. Because it should have been. But... Uh, I don't know. The director's not a bad director. It just... This, this, this whole production just... Just didn't pan out, I'm afraid. Yeah, I mean, from what I've heard, like, there's a lot of behind-the-scenes, like, uh, mumbo-jumbo that went on. Like, I think a lot of the people on the committee wanted to get out the show faster, um, which is why, like, we couldn't get, like, Studio Madhouse or Shingo Natsume back. And that kind of relegated it all to JC staff and, like, a team that probably could have done a lot better job if they were given more time. But because of that, we kind of got, like, a very... Uh, more middling adaptation, which is kind of a shame, but also uh, given what's happening with Attack on Titan right now, it's also kind of funny because Attack on Titan is going through kind of the same thing that One Punch Man was going through, where like they switched studios, and now maybe we're going to get something with Attack on Titan that it might be like One Punch Man Season 2. <laughs> um, what? I mean, it's MAPPA. Um, it's MAPPA, but considering the fact that they tried to pitch it around to other studios and they wouldn't take it uh, is well, kind of concerning. Well, that might be saying something to the uh, direction that Attack on Titan has gone. <laughs> yeah, that too. That's, but it's uh, also, I think, in One Punch Man's case, uh, specifically, like, I think no matter what would have happened after season one, we wouldn't have been able to get something of that level. Like, One Punch Man season one was kind of a lightning in the bottle situation. Absolutely. Like, it got the perfect amount of time in production where, like, we could get, like, really good animation. Shingo Natsumi had a lot of really strong connections in the industry to bring on animators that not necessarily would have worked with Madhouse. Mm-hmm. And like all that together is what made One Punch Man that good. And even then, I'd argue like it still wasn't able to capture the scale of the manga, oh. which is saying something. Because like One Punch Man is probably one of the best animated shows of like the past few years. And if you can't recapture that scale in a series like One Punch Man, where in the manga the detail and the uh, scales of the fights only keep increasing um, as the story goes on. It's mm-hmm. uh, not something that can easily be transferred over to another medium. Yeah, definitely. It's a, it's a tall, tall thing. To, I I still remember that comparison that people made to that one moment when Saitama's in the forest and the anime looked all right, but if you look at the manga, it's like a storyboard. It's so perfectly choreographed. Yeah, like uh, Yusuke Murata, the uh, artist of the manga, is kind of just a madman. He really is. Like, 
if you've uh he does like live streams of him drawing and the speed and the detail that he will like draw just a single page is kind of inhuman in a way <laughs> Yeah. Um. Like there, there are times where there are chapters of One Punch Man that are like 100 plus pages, and it's like, how do you physically do that? He's uh, he's superhuman. It's, it's, yeah, he, no, he's no way. He's come a it. long way from Aishil Twenty One, <laughs> which had really nice art too. Yeah, Aishil Twenty One had really good art. Um, like. Especially when you look at the end of that series too, like mm. oh yeah, it's really miraculous how much improvement you saw with them. And also coincidentally, it's like it was written by the creator of Doctor Stone, so it's yeah. like both of them ended up on Tommy. <laughs> yeah, and technically so did I. Shield twenty one, sort of, kind of, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> those whopping five episodes on Jetstream. Oh wow, what happened there? <laughs> At least that opening was kind of catchy. I shoot 21! <laughs> oh, boy. I would have watched more of that dub. The dub itself was not bad. Yeah, it was It was pretty passable. The The editing was highly questionable. Like, some of the yeah. violence edits were like, oh, okay, this is a show about American football, and you're editing this? <laughs> this is, uh, is going to go well. Well, it, it didn't. <laughs> And it ended up being five episodes. Which hardly anybody got to see. It's a shame. Uh, pour one out for Aishul 21. Yeah. Well, at least you can watch the sub. Still on Crunchyroll. Yep. Alright, so we, we've bemoaned the visual problems with uh, One Punch Man Season 2. Though we should probably go into more detail here. There's there's a lot of stagnant shots and just not good drawings and oh boy even the Lots opening sequence too. is just boring <laughs> it's just not good yeah it's just like oh here are all the characters remember them you like this show yeah but i would argue that the story is still pretty good and the execution thereof is still pretty good. Pretty well-paced for what they were working with. But, I mean, obviously it ends on uh, no no finality, which is a bummer. But that arc would have taken a lot more to uh, finish out. Which, uh, huh. When are we going to get a third season? <laughs> and I will say if... Uh, if it's a case where, like, the first season was amazing, the second season, not so much, and then they come back strong in the third season, maybe this material wasn't the worst choice for this treatment, as opposed to what could be coming up, but... Yeah, I'd say the bright side to this season covering this particular material is, like, for one, like, there's not a lot of, like, huge fights yeah like most of the fights like there are there are a few giant monsters and stuff of course but like there's nothing on the scale of say like uh the sea king or boros oh yeah um so that, that definitely kind of makes it uh, 
yeah, it makes it like less, I guess, sort of less taxing to animate, I'd assume. But it's also interesting, too, that a lot of this material was original material that was written for the manga. So, like, for people who don't know, before the manga of One Punch Man, there is the webcomic that's written by one, um, which is still ongoing. But the manga takes that, and up until around where season one stopped, the manga was pretty faithful to the webcomic. But around uh, early into where season one adapts, like, I think the exact point is when Garo defeats Tank Top Master. Uh, the manga went into this uh, longer form storyline that uh, it kind of takes place in between like two of the webcomic chapters. And that's what a good bulk mm. of what this anime is covering. So it's stuff that's not necessarily um, moving the plot forward, but it's still like... Um, interesting material that's like kind of expands on events that's going to happen later i think that would be a good explanation as to why the first season kind of had little story arcs and one-off episodes kind of sprinkled between but this season after about the first two episodes it starts building a single storyline with interweaving threads that goes until the end of the season where multiple things are going on all at once. Whereas in the first season, most of those stories were like, this is the thing that's happening and we're just focusing on this. Yeah. I'd say that's definitely the case. And I kind of like that it does that since as much as I like the kind of smaller form stories of uh, season one, getting to see kind of these longer form like payoff stories is really nice, especially when they uh, shift over to a bunch of different characters. Like I think compared to season one, we definitely get less time focused on Saitama. Oh, there's more time focused on the other S class heroes and uh, Genos as well, which is like really cool. Yeah, I would agree. So kind of point is out here after we're introduced to King, who is, a very interesting character who seems to be getting all of the credit for the times that Saitama destroyed a big monster. So everybody thinks that he is extremely strong and powerful and able to take on any task. So he is uh, S-Class Hero Rank 7. And what people don't know is he's actually not strong at all. He's just always been at the... <laughs> wrong place at the right time to take the credit for Saitama's beatdowns. And he, funnily enough, meets Saitama. And Saitama's like, huh, so you're the guy who's been taking the credit for all of my stuff, huh? Huh, whatever. <laughs> but in classic One Punch Man fashion, Saitama has a moment with him. Is like, hey, you know, if you're worried about people thinking that you're not as great as you are. Why Why not just get stronger? Because that's basically what Saitama says to everybody. Just, come on, man. Just get stronger. It's as simple yeah, as that. Do, just do that uh, body regiment that Saitama did. It works for everyone. Yeah. <laughs> and shortly thereafter, uh, 
uh, Blizzard tries to recruit Saitama via her methods of uh, kind of gathering the lower class heroes into a posse. And Saitama's like, um, no, no thanks. <laughs> You're all weak, and I don't care. <laughs> Which, in typical anime fashion, makes her fascinated with him. And uh, Blizzard is, of course, Terrible Tornado's sister, who very much lives in her littler sister's shadow. Very much. Which pisses her off, obviously. Yes. That's why she's developed these kind of questionable tactics with uh, how to maintain her rank and status. And, uh... (laughs) Then they just kind of start hanging out at Saitama's place while he plays video games with uh, King. <laughs> Good stuff. Funny stuff. And thus the squad is born. I like it. I like it. Yeah, I, I think King and Blizzard are just kind of really nice additions to kind of the supporting cast, especially since, like, they're... I guess they're more grounded in reality than, say, Genos and Saitama at times, where... They've mm-hmm. just become, like, so overpowered that everything is kind of just, like, not really, like, uh, dangerous to them in a way. <laughs> but having more grounded characters like King, where King is very much the everyman of One Punch Man in a way. Like, mm-hmm. more so than even uh, Moomin Rider. Because, like, Moomin Rider at least can do some stuff, while King is just kind of a blatant otaku who just happens to be famous (laughs) but like the way that he like gets around actually having to do his job is just so funny like uh it's like when i think uh he has to he's like ordered to like bodyguard duty or something he claims like oh i'm fighting this powerful monster and the monster he's fighting is like someone in the game that he's playing yeah so he's not completely lying. <laughs> no. He's not. He's just bending the truth a little. Just a little. It's still important. He can't save his game. I mean, he probably could save his game. <laughs> uh, yeah, it definitely adds more to the dynamic because you can only do so much with just Saitama and Genos playing off of each other. And uh, this season does continue the trend of... Uh, Genos continually proving that he's very strong, but also not strong enough to beat some things. Because <laughs> that's just, it's like his purpose in life <laughs> is to lose a fight every now and then. Just to kind of give you an idea of how powerful the bad guys are. So there is an interesting character that is a major focus of this second season and that being garo the hero hunter who when he was a young lad felt like it wasn't fair that the monsters always lose and he sees that the monsters aren't so bad and the, the heroes are stupid and should lose every now and then he grows up with quite the chip on his shoulder and he has now decided to go around fighting as many high-ranked heroes as he can. 
Now, they call him the hero killer, but I swear he doesn't kill anybody. <laughs> or he doesn't kill many. I thought many. he was the hero hunter. Yeah, he's the hero hunter. But isn't there a point where they call him the hero killer? Yeah. Is there? I, so. I, I, I remember him. I remember them saying the hero killer. Might have been a dub quirk. I don't know. Yeah, maybe that's how they translated it. Who knows? Yeah, but he is uh, he is definitely a hunter of heroes, mainly trying to fight as many S-class as he can just to prove his prowess. Now, he is the once great disciple of Bang, who has you know, uh, split away from the dojo, wanting to do his own thing, and has basically shamed his master. So Bang and Bang's brother are tasked with hunting him down. And that is a major plot thread that goes through this season. All the while, Saitama's thing is, uh, he just kind of wants to experience martial arts. So he pretends to be Shiranko by putting on a wig and goes to a fighting tournament. And they really milk a fighting tournament in this season. And it's kind of annoying. <laughs> They spend a lot of time on this fighting tournament when you you know how it's going to go. But there are some interesting characters in the mix. Like, uh, oh, what's his name? Pretty boy. Uh, Suiryu? Yeah, Suiryu. He sees that Saitama's one-punching all of his opponents. And he's like, oh, well, I'll defeat my opponents in one hit. And he does, generally. And there are some other heroes that take place in this fighting tournament. It's, uh, Lightning Max and Snick. And, uh... You know, they prove that they're pretty strong. But... And Saitama's just kind of trying to get some thrills. Uh, the Monster Association decides to begin a wide-scale attack. And offers up some of these martial artists a chance to become monsters by eating uh, hearts of dead monsters, I believe. Which is gross. <laughs> and even uh, uh, Speed of Sound Sonic uh, at least contemplates doing it. They, they show him taking a bite, and then I, I don't know if he finishes it, but... <laughs> However, Suryu doesn't like the idea of using that to gain power, so good on him. A bunch of the other martial artists, they uh, they just go with it. <laughs> and it doesn't end well for them. Because <laughs> you know what Saitama does. He slays monsters. But kind of creeping in the shadows, we see that the Monster Association is trying to make some pretty big moves. Like, uh, kidnapping the child of one of the Hero Association's, uh, sponsors, I believe. Sponsors or officials or something. I believe the main one they were trying to kidnap was, like, the director. Yeah, the director's kid? Yeah. Yeah. So we don't really get an idea of what they're trying to accomplish other than some chaos at the moment. And uh, one of the guys that shows up to the uh, martial arts tournament used to be 
a martial artist who's gone full monster. And he's pretty tough customer. But, you know, Saitama do is Saitama do. <laughs> that was... Uh, Bakuzan, I believe. Yep. Yeah. Voiced by Kevin Killen Goff. Also, like, as much as, like, there are some entertaining fights in that tournament, I definitely echo what you said, Sketch, of, like, they spend way too much time there. And really got to the point where, like, I just didn't care at all. Yeah. And then as that tournament's kind of winded down because it got invaded by monsters, uh, Garo is taking on several... uh, lower class heroes that want to prove how strong they are. So it's kind of an underlying thread throughout this season of the lower class heroes feeling like they are not appreciated for their hard work like the S class heroes. So likewise, Garo doesn't really think much of lower class heroes and only wants to fight the upper class ones. And (laughs) borrows a handy guidebook from some kid (laughs) in order to uh, learn all of their uh, special abilities and such, which that's not a good idea to put out. (laughs) Why would you do that? (laughs) Kind of leaving all the secrets of the trade, man. What do you... Her association's got to make money somehow. I guess. (laughs) Also, that's probably part of the joke as well. Yeah, probably. I do love like Garo's like friendship with that kid though, because it's just like it they're nice. just casually hanging around, and the kid's just unsuspectingly giving Garo tips on how to beat all these S class heroes. Mm-hmm. I didn't mention before that Garo did, in fact, uh, match blows ever so briefly with Saitama. <laughs> Just didn't realize what was happening. <laughs> as as you can imagine, he uh, was quickly dispatched. <laughs> but Garo, he goes around, he fights some pretty strong guys, like Metal Bat. Fights Metal Bat, who's trying to deal with the giant centipede monster as part of the monster invasion. And, uh, yeah, he fights... A whole bunch of those lower class heroes. And he fights the tank top master. And he fights just so many of the heroes. And also, he kind of makes his entrance by showing up to a meeting where heroes and villains are meeting because they they kind of need to bolster their ranks. And he's like, you're all weak. I'm going to beat every last one of you. And he does. Except he leaves one unharmed to you know you know you gotta leave one guy so that he can spread the message (laughs) fairly effective tactic i would say yeah he's thinking ahead but at the end of this season we finally see silverfang and bomb his brother fight garo and beat him it's a pretty good fight and garo gets pretty well whooped in an episode titled The Wiping of the Disciples' Butt. 
And he passes out from exhaustion as Phoenix Man takes him away to Orochi, the head of the Monster Association. I don't I don't remember did didn't Saitama show up at the end there too? Yeah. Cuz I think he didn't he show up at the end and then just like punch the punch that really that, that big, huge monster. big centipede. Yeah, yeah I think, Yeah, wasn't didn't wasn't he the one that defeated him? Yeah. Yeah, I thought he was. Okay. And then King took credit. <laughs> yes, yep. of course. Here, King, keep taking credit while we play video games together. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, King has a very wide video game collection. He does, and Saitama really likes it. Yeah, um, I mean, Saitama, Saitama doesn't have a controller. <laughs> See, it's it's a good trade-off. You gotta be careful. It's, it's, it's dangerous to use your too much power on those sticks, man. Imagine Saitama playing Super Smash Brothers. <laughs> That stick is a goner. Oh, or like a Mario Party one. Mario Party like... one. Oh god! You have to do the palm on the control stick thing. Oh man, he would break so many N sixty four controllers. I, you know, I, I'm gonna be honest with you. I, I didn't really think that this season was that bad. Like, I, I know some people don't like it, but I was just like, I kind of felt like it was. There were some good fight scenes in this. And yeah, there were some parts where the animation just wasn't like as good as season one. But other than that, I mean, I didn't really feel like there was anything else that kind of like took away from the season. I mean, yeah, the martial arts tournament was kind of pointless, but there again, (laughs) there's some things in One Punch Man that are pointless. (laughs) Like them playing a video game, like that's pointless. Okay, all right. That's not so, pointless, that's characterization. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like it, it really wasn't that bad. Cause I feel like I feel like a lot of people like you're shitting on this, and I'm just like No, it's not as bad as what you're saying. No. I mean I it's... think it's a combination of the visuals and animation being a downgrade, and there just not being a lot of forward momentum in the plot. Well, you know, yeah. I, and maybe maybe you guys feel the same way about this. Is I, I felt like this was kind of like a setup for what's going to come in the next season because oh yeah, it's it's a hundred percent setup. It's all oh, yeah. set up. It's all set up for what this big payoff <laughs> that hopefully they have because if they don't, there's going to be a lot of pissed off people. Oh, but... trust me, there there will be payoff. The final fight of the next arc is insane. Well. Uh, uh... Hopefully they do it well. <clears throat> yeah, so, I mean, it, it had some, like, I, you know what, I'm going to be honest with you, like, the one with Metal Bat, like, the scenes that, like, all those episodes with Metal Bat, I actually enjoyed those. Um, it's nice I, to, to get more moments with Metal Bat. I mean, we barely saw him in the first season, and, you know, you get to nice see... To- kind of how he approaches his heroing work and you know, what his family life is like. It's it's interesting. It's it's nice to have other characters come in and out and just kind of show what, you know, why is this character quote-unquote strong? So Metal Bat and then, um, what was her name? Um, Tornado? Yeah, Tornado. 
yeah, seeing her, like, okay, so she's, like, the strongest besides Saitama, but nobody really recognizes Saitama, so it's like, okay, well, okay, she's, yeah, okay, I, I, I'm not gonna mess with her. (laughs) Not gonna gonna fuck with her, I'm good. She, Um, uh, shows up a whole lot of heroes and is like, what is wrong with you people? Yeah. (laughs) Even Um, Flashy Flash, who is a class S hero. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it, it, that that part I enjoyed is Metal Bat's sister. <laughs> you need to come home and spend time with me. Um, do you yeah. not see the giant monster in front of me? <laughs> no big deal. Metal Bat can beat it in like five seconds. I wonder if she actually has some kind of power. Because <laughs> they, they have a rule that he can't fight while she's around. Yeah, maybe there's maybe there's something with her. We'll probably get to see that because soon. Garo just stopped fighting him. How about the um, how about the monsters like giving out those like pods and you know what yeah. I'm talking about? Yeah, those, they're those like, like monster cells or yeah, they're like monster cells. Like I, I call them pods because they look like pods or something. But yeah, monster cells are in those pods and like. Don't eat Tide Pods or Monster Pods. Didn't, didn't, didn't Goro eat that and then nothing happened? Uh, or no, did, was I, he one of the ones that didn't eat it? He wasn't. I don't think he did eat it. Because I, I recall they offered to him and he didn't eat it. Okay. Because I, I thought he took it, but then he never ate it, is what I thought it was. But there were a couple other people that tra- that took it and then died. <laughs> yeah. And some transformed. And then yes. Sonic, all we saw was Sonic was trying to, like, eat it with utensils and cooking it. Oh, that's <laughs> what I was thinking of. But yeah, yeah, And yeah. Uh, we don't know what really happened other than it mentions that he had a really bad time in the bathroom afterwards. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean, going into some of the positives of the season, I do think Garo is, like, a really great kind of, like, uh, antagonist of sorts. Like, it's hard for me to even call him an antagonist because, like, you know, you know. Sorry to cut you off, Euler, but you know who he reminds me of. Now that I'm thinking about it, because I, I had this thought and I want to get it out. Um, he, he just reminds me of one of the Tekken characters. I, I don't know why. I can't put my finger on it. Heihachi. Hey, yeah, Heihachi. Yeah. That's who like I was thinking. Long, long. I'm sorry. It's young... like a young, young version of Heihachi. Well, his master is like Heihachi. Yeah, and I'm just like, are they trying to make fun of Tekken here too? Like, I just was like, uh, I don't know. probably not. Who knows? <laughs> I think Garo's an interesting character in this series in particular. Kind of, kind of like Stain in My Hero Academia, in the sense that he challenges the idea that the heroes are always right, and. He challenges the idea that what the heroes, the hero association is doing is what they should be doing. So he's kind of an interesting character in that regard. He's not necessarily a bad guy. He just wants to prove how strong he is. And also, uh, yeah, not entirely sure what his deal is, but. Yeah, like. They'll go into his motivation more in, like, later parts of the series, but he definitely walks into this kind of interesting gray area where, like, yeah, he's 
kind of admires monsters and despises heroes, but he doesn't really want to necessarily become a monster himself. Right. And, like, as, like, it goes on, like, they'll definitely show, like, okay, like, this this is what Garo's really feeling here. But I think, like, there's a lot of really good setup with Garo where, like, he's fighting a lot of enemies that are, in most cases, absurdly stronger than him. But the way he uses his techniques and everything, he's able to kind of find ways to overpower these S-class heroes that most people would find untouchable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's a lot of uh, judgment of heroes in this season. Like, the martial artists think that professional heroes are not true martial artists anymore. There's a lot of yeah. that kind of talk during the tournament. And the heroes are always judging themselves against their classes. And there's a lot of unrest there. Yeah, I mean, the, it, it, the monsters kind of, are all like, oh, I got to prove how strong I am by beating really strong heroes. So. Yeah, it kind of ties into the fact that, like, the Hero Association as it's structured is pretty wonky and broken. Mm-hmm. Like, a lot of the people in power are not actual heroes. They're just these, like, greedy businessmen who are just kind of leeching off the success of the heroes that work in the association. And Mm -hmm. then that just kind of trickles down to the rest of the actual organization where you have, yeah, the people in the different ranks fighting over positions, like how Blizzard was doing. And then a lot of the non S class heroes just being completely ignored. Right. And then you got, Somebody like a, a my mask who stays at the top of a rank just to make sure nobody moves up. Yeah, exactly. And th- that's one of the really good things I like about uh, this material, even though it wasn't in the original webcomic, is that it kind of helps build a lot of stuff up. Where like a lot, a lot of these things are going to be addressed far later into the series, and like you can definitely see the hindsight here, where now that one was working with Murata more directly on this expanded area that they're like, okay, we know these plot points are going to happen later. Let's kind of talk about more commentary about what the hero association is like, who are these S class heroes and what, what's this whole world really like, which is cool. Yeah, I agree. Once again, bureaucracy is the true enemy of Saitama. Just like in the real world. <laughs> so relatable. Any other thoughts, Paul? I mean, I think we kind of said everything, honestly. I mean, again, I don't think it was as bad as some people make it out to be, and I just, you know. No, I agree. And, you know, I'm looking forward to season three because I kind of want to see where this is going. And I'm I'm, I'm also kind of hoping that we get somebody that Saitama can actually go up against and... I don't know. I kind of want to see that side. Like, I, I want to see like him just be like, "Oh, now I'm fucking excited." <laughs> like, I, I kind of want to see that side of Saitama. Yeah, so. it would. <laughs> Saitama excited is a rare thing to experience, <laughs> which is kind of his whole like, hangout. I do like how we get one serious punch from him at the very least in this season. Yep, yeah, one serious punch. 
The second punch. That's all it takes. That's all it takes. <laughs> and just destroys like most of the forest. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, beautiful. I mean, I mean, to be fair, that 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 monster was pretty much going to destroy the whole forest anyway. So you might as well just, you know, take it out as we go. True. True. Yep. All right. Uh, so that'll do it for uh, finally talking about One Punch Man Season 2, which is not as bad as people make it out to be. It's still a pretty good, funny, entertaining story, even if the visual aesthetics are not up to par with the first season. So if you didn't watch it on Toonami, you can pick it up on Blu-ray. Uh, I believe it's still on the Adult Swim website, at least in some capacity. And... Yeah, the sub streaming various places. But you should watch the dub, because the dub is very good. The dub is very good and full of Yeah, I'd say if people. you're gonna if you're gonna suffer through the season, watch it dubbed. Oh yeah. Yes. <laughs> well on the other hand, if you're too busy reading subtitles, maybe you won't notice all the visual problems. <laughs> and if you're reading subtitles, you should just go read the manga, because that'll be like a hundred yeah, times. Yeah, that's a much better choice. <laughs> you know, just Shut up, Velord. Sorry to be a shill for Shonen Jump app again, but for $2 a month, read One Punch Man. Yeah, and they simulpub One Punch Man, so you can read the chapters as they come out. Also a bunch of Demon Slayer, a bunch of Dr. Stone, and all of One Piece. Yeah. that That's almost a thousand chapters. That's the yeah. only thing that Sketch wants you to watch is One Piece. It's the only thing I want them to read. Okay, read two, whatever. I mean, watching one piece of this plant is just painful. Yes, it is. <laughs> uh, the, I've been enjoying watching the dub of uh, Punk Hazard. I almost sit through the bark. <laughs> Punk Hazard. I've been enjoying it. The pacing is not good, but if you watch a bunch of episodes at once, it doesn't feel that way. Also, if you watch a bunch of episodes at once, you can like skip five minutes of recap and the opening, and then you have like 20 minutes of actual material. So it goes pretty fast. <laughs> but you know what's one faster? Piece. Reading the manga. <laughs> one Piece is one of the few shows where I wish we had the Netflix skip button. I know, right? <laughs> oh, man, I hate that Netflix is presenting One Piece in 16 by 9 cropped. Mmm, don't like it. Don't like it. Just get a Funimation subscription. It's very affordable. But Sketch, we can't have those black bars. Yeah, right? 4 by 3 doesn't exist. Tell that to Nintendo regarding uh, Super Mario 64. <laughs> <laughs> it clearly do exist! That's a case where it should have been widescreen. But I digress. Now that we are done talking about uh, Saitama's exploits, it's time to get on to Bakasu's. So, after the jump, we'll be talking about the first two episodes of Season 2 of Gimu Seto, Gimu Seto Death Beats. Welcome back to the Toonami Faithful Podcast. I am your host, Sketch, and I am joined by Caboose and V-Lord. Hi. Hi. 
I, I just realized I, I, I committed the cardinal sin of introducing Caboose not last. Honestly, I wasn't even paying attention, but that's okay. All right. All right. Well, we're a little off our game here. As we will be discussing the first double feature premiere of season two of Gemu Seto, Death Beats. These two episodes being titled Asus 4 and A Sharp Minor. Okay, I get the A Sharp Minor thing immediately, but uh, not familiar with Asus. Four. I'm sure. I'm sure there's a joke there. There's always a joke in these titles. Anyway, if recall, SS Four is like a guitar chord. That sounds right. That sounds right. Not sure what it would call the first episode that, but hmm. you know, ask Masks about it sometime. Uh, yeah, Masks. <laughs> Max is very available for questions and whatnot. Like, if you ask him a question, he'll he'll uh, go overboard. He'll give you more information than what you asked for. It's but, like you're calling uh, Otakon during Metal Gear Solid. <laughs> I mean, he takes a lot of uh, inspiration from Metal Gear, so... Uh-huh. Makes sense. That's the joke. Stop stop explaining the joke. <laughs> what if Max is Metal Gear? <gasps> Metal Gear. Mm, who knows? Who knows? So, as you know, if you have seen Gimuseto Machu Picchu, uh, at the end, Makasu dies. Makasu dies at the end. He is burned by Inti, the sun god, to ash. To return from which he came. And now he's being judged by his afterlife. Because his death has caused a convergence of all hells. All manner of afterlifes. All manner of underworlds. They are all converging. And now Makasu gets to be judged by all the gods that he pissed off in his time on Earth. And he's informed of this by Dr. Legs. Who is a... Entity made of fingernails. <laughs> fingers, actually. Fingers. It's, it's Dr. Legs, because, you know, fingers. Makes sense. Yeah, so I believe she described herself as being born from this convergence, and her purpose is to get Makasu to go to the center of all death and stop this from happening. It's... Is is his Makasu's hell journey? He must uh, stop the convergence of all the hells and make things right with reality again. And on this journey, uh, he is first challenged by Mat, the Egyptian goddess of law and morality, who composes—I believe this is their term for summoning—Anubis, the jackal of jazz bass. I love the wordplay. I love it so much. Yeah. <laughs> which he has to battle with Keith the Kitar Frog, which is summoned from his Emerald Blood Ring, which he got on one of his many adventures. But here's the catch. 
he and Keith, they just don't get along. And I see this as like an homage to the very first episode of Pokemon when Pikachu was a jerk to Ash and they didn't get along. That's definitely the vibe that I'm getting here. But uh, yeah. Makasu just keeps repeating that he, he can't do stuff with Keith. He doesn't like Keith. Keith and him, they don't get along. Meanwhile, Dr. Legs is like, you know, you got to work together. You got to be a team. You can't do this without him. You got to stop all this craziness from happening. So you got to try to be friends with Keith. And he's like, I don't want to try to be friends with Keith. But in the middle of the fight, he decides to retreat and use the very last of Dr. Legs' fingernails that can stop time or halt time in order to have a nice pee break and chat things out with Keith. And something dawns on him. And uh, he uses that in his continued battle when he returns. And Keith Keitar Frog licks the nose of Anubis. And that really throws Anubis off his game. And then they get into a scuffle. And it seems like they might have won, but not really. And then suddenly some water rushes in and helps the situation. But... Dr. Legs is convinced, and this is where we're getting into about the second episode, because this is just a continuing story, <clears throat> that uh, she's convinced that Mott is not actually dead, she's just playing dead. And sure enough, Mott is not dead and has deep-throated Charon, the skeleton that ferries souls down to the River Styx, and they have combined their musical battle animals into Cerber Bass, the three-headed bass vocalist of Hades. With a little barber shop quartet hat. I love it. And uh, it's clearly apparent that uh, Makasu and Keith Bond is not strong enough yet, so he can't really get Keith to win this fight unless he channels first love's memory. Memory of his first kiss. Well, in typical fashion, it, it's not how you would think. <laughs> the story begins as young Makasu has stolen the dog of the rich lady who lives nearby as, you know, a, a practice kidnapping. And the dog really ticks him off when the dog pisses on his poofy cleats. So he takes the dog back and he complains that the dog peed on his poofy cleats and the lady's like, well, you need to be punished, little boy. So she starts spanking him, which he wonders if maybe that'll become some kind of uh, kink down the road. But it's not this lady who he gives the first kiss to. No, nor is it even this police officer who then confronts Makasu and tells him he's a very bad boy and he's going to go tell his uh, stepfather. Stepfather? Yes. Adopted father? Foster father? Foster father. Yeah, I think it was foster father. I don't remember. <laughs> so many details. So fast. Uh, this is a very detailed show, despite its irregularity. <laughs> no, his first kiss is uh, to his... Poofy Cleat, which, by the way, has been pissed on by a dog, that he has crudely drawn the face of the policeman on, and he's making a kiss, and uh, 
Initially, Dr. Legs is like, whoa, that's messed up. You were a minor. <laughs> but then she's like, you know what? I don't judge. <laughs> and that raises his heart rate enough, which he makes a point to say that all the sportsmaning he's been doing over the years makes it so his resting heart rate is like 39 and he can't get it any higher. But remembering first love's kiss powers up Keith and Keith is able to win the fight and then they're able to follow the river further as it converges into the center of all death. Meanwhile, a presence is looming, and it is none other than uh, the bully that Makasu stole the power from and gave him tiny little noodle arms. And uh, one can only wonder when he will appear again. Except you probably don't have to wonder long because the episode preview shows that he is indeed in the next episode. And uh, that's that. Other major details. Apparently Dr. Legs can summon all manner of wombs. Like a thinking womb, which has a bath womb. And uh, other wombs. Very nice to hang out in. Think and use the bathroom. Take a piss. Mm-hmm. And there's like this really cool guy down there. He's got so much soul. He's so cool. His sunglasses are so big. They're too big. Mm-hmm. So that that about sums up the things that happen, but I Where do I begin? <laughs> there's this nice so there's, there's this aside about limes and when life gives you limes you start a family with limes and then you leave them and oh my god that's why I don't have any lime friends trauma <laughs> uh, limes this is why you stick with lemons isn't Lime the name of a like, uh, social media platform in Japan? That's Line. Uh, close enough. <laughs> You're one letter off. One letter off. It makes such a difference. Yes, it does. Keep hitting my limes. Uh, at one point, Keith, to prove that he licks what he wants to lick decides to stick his tongue inside of Makasu's urethra. <laughs> Ow! All uh, I could think about there is, like, Makasu must have been into some really kinky shit for that not to hurt at all. <laughs> well, it certainly showed some discomfort on him. But... Yeah, but he didn't sorry. really seem in pain. He was just like, hey, you're inside my urethra. Don't do that. You gotta ask permission for that. <laughs> yeah, consent is key. At least it wasn't Hank Hill. Content is... <laughs> consent is key, Tar. Marcus, do I have a narrow urethra? I tell you what. Oh. I appreciate that they're still doing the uh, explanation bits. <laughs> uh, Duelist isn't here. He... He wasn't feeling up to uh, talking about this episode Aww. today, but perhaps he'll be on another discussion. But he uh, he felt that 
the the way that they would kind of use the sorts of things, the sorts of gags and quirks of the previous season didn't quite feel right. Like they were a bit forced. Uh, I don't know if I agree with that. I don't feel like any... I feel like this has the same comedic sensibilities, just a good deal more uh, animation and, you know, better drawings. <laughs> but it does feel different. I, 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 I would say it's uh, a bit more approachable, if nothing else. Oh, for sure. Like, the art style is definitely a lot cleaner. Uh, it's more concise. Co- Concisive? Is that is that the word I'm thinking of? Yeah, concise. Consistent. 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 Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah, and I... you know, like there are scenes where you know it re- it references you know the previous series, so you can still appreciate those if if you liked it. <laughs> um, but yeah, like it's it's great. Yeah, I mean, I think the new art style, like, makes it a lot more approachable than the first season. And, like, I think the fact that it also sticks to that art style a lot more, like, it'll still, like, go off, model off, obviously, like, time to time. But, like, it's definitely not trying to do it, like, all over the place, like, the first season. Yeah, and, it, I mean, it comes with the curse, too, because people keep on comparing it to, what was it, Kappa Mikey? I see a lot of people oh, pointing yeah. out that Makasu looks or like a too much Stevie like Steven Universe. Universe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think, uh, yeah, maybe. sort of does? I didn't I, really think about that. Uh, I can't I, unsee it. Well, I mean, I... It's weird, because, like, I associate, you know, Makasu with Max. Because, like, I've, you know, I've, I've known Max for a long time. So, like, that's... I mean, I don't see... I honestly don't see Steven Universe. I see Max. Instead. I think people just see, like, oh, Thick Boy. Thick yeah, boy Thick Boy. Steven. Clearly, it's a Steven Universe ripoff. Yeah. And that's... That's not fair. <laughs> it's not fair to the Thick Boys. No. Thick Boys Unite. <laughs> what do you think of Dr. Legs uh, in... One of the episode previews, they suggest that maybe Dr. Legs could also be planning to betray Makasu. I hope not. <laughs> I like her a lot. Yeah, she seems but... already, like, nicer than yeah. the god of tennis was. But who knows? I yeah. don't. I feel like it would be redundant, but that would also be part of the joke. So. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and then you could have Magus being like, no, my new mentor betrayed me like my old mentor. How could this have happened? There's a, yeah. So what Max does, like the following mornings on Blood Feast, um, he, you know, t- this morning, he ended up going in a little behind the scenes in uh, like production wise and whatnot for the show. And originally... Instead of Makasu, uh, in the flashback, instead of Makasu making out with the, the shoe, he was going to make out with the cop. 
but then uh, Keith Crawford, you know, chimed in saying that's a little bit much. <laughs> you know, they changed it to that, and honestly, I think that much makes it much better because you know. Yeah, is a weird all, kid. All cops are asking for it, you know, be all yeah. fat kiss, kiss on, on the lips. The <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's great. Take that line out of context. But <laughs> yeah, like if you if you actually want to, you know, hear Max's, you know, you know, behind the scenes info on all this, watch Blood Feast, twelve p.m. Eastern on the Adult Swim streams on Sundays. Hmm. It's a good idea. It's a good idea. I also, uh, I didn't watch the whole thing because I had work the next day, but the uh, rewatchy Pichu was quite great. Oh my great. god, yeah. I was, yeah, because I, I was, I had that on the other monitor and I was working on uh, my one project. Um, and yeah, Max definitely went into a lot of, uh, details like he was wearing okay so it wasn't the his actual shirt that he used uh in the show but i mean it's similar outfit at least i -hmm. thought that was a really nice touch i wonder if it was the same stool i don't know yeah who knows who knows i mean it's it's a miracle that they were able to be in the office yeah that that is I'm sure they clearly took many precautions. Yeah, COVID. Oh, for sure. I mean, the others were wearing masks all the time. There was one time he came back to him and he was still wearing the mask. It's like, wait a minute. I'm not supposed to be wearing the mask when I'm on camera. (laughs) Because everybody else is wearing masks. It's okay. But, But then it finally happened. The moment I was waiting for. When it would be that scene where he's on the chair. And then they also had him on the chair. I was like, ah! He could play tennis doubles. <laughs> There's two of them. <laughs> and somebody made the comment, this is like the the, the perfect embodiment of a person pre and after COVID. <laughs> oh <my God>. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. In the show, he's got his hair cut. He looks, you know, presentable. And in this thing, He's got the long hair that he hasn't cut in a long time, and he's looking uh, real scraggly. He hasn't, <laughs> he hasn't cut his hair since that. Uh, well, he can't cut his hair. If he did, he'd lose all of his power. <laughs> Seems like kind of joke that would come up in this show. <laughs> what with all the religious references. Oh man, the wordplay of Anubis and. <laughs> Cerber base. When it okay, when it was Anu base, I was like, ha, Anu base. When it was Cerber base, I was like, Cerber base, yes. Oh, <laughs> uh, Shodan has to take a gag and go places with it. So he, considering <laughs> Keith is giving him notes on various things, so is, is Keith <laughs> Keith Kitare in name. Reference to Keith Crawford, I I would think so. Did he mention anything about that? About what? If uh, Keith the Frog is named Keith because of Keith Crawford. You know what? It, I actually asked him that this morning. 
um, well, he's, it was on uh, Blood Feast, and no, hmm. um, it's yeah, huh. uh, yeah. Let me. Keith Rogers voice by Paul Painter would have been funny if his name was Paul yeah. for reasons that we would all appreciate. <laughs> yeah, Paul Painter does a fantastic job. Um, so Max said it's the least wordplay one of the bunch of musical robots. It's a riff on Keith C and also Kitar and Keys. Huh. Hmm. Makes sense. Yeah, I because I'm like. Because I, I, I even thought, like, it was, you know, something like Keith Frogger or Keith as Keith Crawford. Keith Crawford. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Cro- uh, Crawford. Kip Crawford. Yeah, that would have been good. It's an interesting choice to make him a keytar. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, a keytar has many uses. If you're going to have one... One instrument, why not have one that's more than one kind of instrument? Absolutely. But well, yeah. maybe, maybe that's why it's, it says four, because of the guitar part of the guitar. But yeah, the uh, that's not how I thought the A-sharp minor pun would work out, but I, I guess that's probably referring to Makasu's childhood. Mm-hmm. <laughs> A practice kidnapping. I can tell you're rich. <laughs> I like the Dr. Legs who starts out by giving him a nice back massage. Oh boy, I could go for a massage. Oh, same here. I bet them fingers are real good at that. <laughs> I feel so weird with these oh fingers. <laughs> Little buddy, you lost everything. Usually when there's, like, a ring that summons things, it doesn't look like it's painful, but when he summons Keith, it seems painful. It has those, like, uh, color vein things that you yeah. usually see in like, in, like, anime when it's, like, someone's getting cursed or something. Yeah. Uh, seems, uh, seems unpleasant. Perhaps it's uh, composed from the iron in his blood. Which, as we all know from JoJo, if you if you lose all the iron in your blood, it turns to yellow. Mm-hmm. Not sure if that's actually how that works. Also, you could totally get all the iron in your blood back by eating... Was it a frog? <laughs> It'd be funny if it was a frog. I forget what animal uh, oh. Diavolo ate. To you like the... ate part of a frog, and then like it's implied he sucked some blood out of a child. Yeah, so he did eat part of a frog. That was yeah. yeah. He, he he ate the phone. <laughs> he ate the phone. Yeah. <clears throat> I appreciated the uh, the explanation of an arpeggio. <laughs> arpeggio lily pad. Keith, that's not a fly, it's lava. That's new, using your noodle. I love that subtle Seinfeld reference at the end. It's very subtle. 
That whole conversation about the noodles. I get to rewatch it because I. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there's 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 something in there. I'm not quite sure why. <laughs> show's great. I can't wait for more. I. This is an odd problem to have with Game Museto. We have to wait for more. <laughs> it's not all given to us in one crazy night. <laughs> Which is fine. But it's yeah. it's like, oh man, we Naruto's up next. There isn't more. <laughs> yeah. What a letdown. <laughs> Uh, Naruto Shippuden. Still no promo for Naruto Shippuden. Does it really need one, though? Yes, it uh, does. It, it, it clearly doesn't, because it does fine without one. But... That's not the point. We need evidence that this actually aired on Toonami. <laughs> well, I mean, all the bumps would qualify for that, but... Yeah. They just keep coming. There's no end to these guys. Speaking of bumps, I've, what's going on? <laughs> okay. Uh, I don't know. Because, <laughs> like... Reusing bumps so, for Fire Force and SAO. So, SAO... Um, you know what's funny? While we were recording, uh, the artist that was used, like the track that was used for SAO, left a comment on the bump set huh. uh, video. They're like, wow, that's our song. That's dope. And I'm like, yes! That's awesome! I love it! I love it when <laughs> artists reach out and whatnot. Cool. I was a little bit too enthusiastic about that. <laughs> I mean, you have but, every reason to be enthusiastic about that. Yeah. But, like, so they basically, they're not all exactly the same bumpers for SAO. Like, the music starts at a different time. You had, uh, you know, Sarah do some narration in the beginning at first. And then, you know, there's some different clips. But overall, they're mm, kind of the same. But They must have really you know, liked those scenes. I mean, maybe, maybe they just didn't have. Sometimes uh, I think they look. People used to get on their case about spoiling things in bumps, and I think they've kind of overcompensated the other direction when it comes to avoiding spoilers and bumps by having them take place. Yeah, <laughs> like. The, the super bumps right now aren't even the arc that they're showing. Oh, of course not. Well, okay, to be fair, to be fair, they used, they, they had those same clips for whenever they were doing that marathon, which yeah. was the, uh, you know, it was the Goku Black uh, arc. And that makes sense. You yeah. want to use it for whatever's relevant. But, like, now, like, ah, okay, whatever. Um, but, yeah. yeah, Fire Force still uh, didn't have new bumps. Uh, they still used it whenever they were 
rerunning season one, which is another thing. Like I was kind of surprised that they didn't do a promo for Fire Force season two, but yeah, it's a I guess I, I guess you know using clips from season two in a better cartoon show uh, promo. Uh, you know, a criminal threats promo is good enough, I guess. I don't know. Um, they were well implemented. <laughs> yeah. So, and they clearly had, you know, the dub. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, was, uh, I don't know. <laughs> but, um... It's, uh, it's interesting that every. Uh, like assassination classroom despite moving to 130 is still getting topicals death beats yeah. is getting topicals but that's to be expected it's an original that, that is that's sao is getting topicals not surprising it's the yeah, first I premiere mean, they, on the they, blog but nothing for fire force well okay alicization got you know topicals like sword art you know one and two they did not but of course that was yeah before it was they, when it was at 2 a.m. <laughs> yeah. And then and the they, second they season was like doing one, topicals 1 back then. Yeah. Um, Not very often. The Alicization got topicals. Yeah. I think there might have been a week or two where they didn't have them, but for the most part, yeah. topicals. Well, I think that's like, the, I think that was during the uh, part, the time when they did not they couldn't get the episode in time and like i guess they were like overloaded with doing topicals for literally everything (laughs) yeah Uh, which is uh we don't need them to return to that that was no i mean but can we get a lineup promo please my god please yeah we really need one at this point since february February, late February. Mm-hmm. There was never a lineup promo saying that Ballmasters was on Toonami. Nope. This saddens me greatly. But I mean, they they had a they had a Criminal Threats with it on. Yeah, they did. And, uh, and music video. Too. Yeah. So there's that, and Black Lives Matter. Yeah. These... Spot. These things exist as evidence. Yes, they do. And I have them all in my head. I'm crazy. Um, yeah. Also, which is crazy, uh, Shippuden, uh, for some reason, they changed the music for the coming up next bumper for it, which is an odd choice. And then they changed the music for the Demon Slayer bumpers. Uh, to that same song that they used for Shippuden, which I'm pretty sure it's an unreleased Levette track. Which is... Hmm. They use either Levette or DeVoe. I'm banking on Levette. Um, but we'll find out eventually. Um, yeah, it's... Maybe they just lost the rights to using that one song that they used? I don't know. Yeah. At least for Slayer. Which anything's possible on Fish Center. Things can change suddenly in the TV business. They can. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, I was surprised that they reused the same bumpers whenever it first came back. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know what's going on, but dang. Yeah. All kinds of stuff. It does make me wonder if Oops. perhaps the initial plan was for Fire Force to stay at two. Who knows? I don't. Yeah. Well, never Cause... know for sure. Because it seems odd that they have promos for all the shows around Fire Force, but not Fire Force itself. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. And because, you know, Game of Setu was originally going to air at 1am to, you know, everyone's dismay. And it totally should have. I I think it should have. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> it's kind of a bummer that the encores on Sunday air earlier. <laughs> I mean, hey, you know, like I'm just happy that they got encores at least. Yeah, that's, that's good. That's nice. a good thing. Wait, so the encores are airing at like midnight on Sundays, right? Uh, I think one fifteen. Oh, okay. That's still pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, Dreamcore is gonna run long various episodes, so the the times might get a little wonky. Mm. Or I'm not quite sure what they're gonna do with that. Like they'll probably have to put in some filler. But I mean, Adult Swim has no shortage of uh, smalls and other things to toss in between padding. Yeah. So. Kind of makes me want to tune in just to see what they do. That and I enjoy Dreamcore. And would rewatch Death Beats. Haha. <laughs> As I did today. But that's airing later tonight. And we are recording now. On Sunday. Before that. <laughs> and there you go. A little behind the scenes. Uh, yeah. This uh, journey seems to be off on the right finger. Uh. it's not foot there's no feet involved <laughs> but uh, I liked it yeah I'm I'm definitely appreciating the creativity with the uh, it's a fun with, show do more play with, with everything ba- with the battle robots and the the various mythologies that it's touching on like now, would you have thought that Mott and Charon, the skeleton that ferries souls down to the river Styx, would ever combine their powers? <laughs> and, uh, most people only have one skeleton. <laughs> she has two. Uh, good gags. Very quotable. Remains very quotable. Uh, yeah. <laughs> And uh, I hope people check it out if they. And I definitely see a decent amount of people being like, uh, I'm just going to bed, or, uh, I'll be back when Shippuden's on. Like, have an open mind. You being there, this instead of Cowboy Bebop reruns. Oh this God, isn't man. my anime. Right. Let's be anime. honest. They, they, aired, they, they aired Adult Swim originals on. Toonami before, and they've aired Cartoon Network originals on Toonami before. Uh, 
big mm-hmm. deal. <laughs> this yeah. is just the same same thing. Little diversion. Yeah. If you don't like it, then it's not for you. Pretty yeah, easy to okay. ignore at two a.m. Yeah. It's only here for what seven weeks, six more weeks. You'll live. Yeah. yeah. At the very least, though, people should give it a shot because it's really good. Yeah. Yeah. Give it a shot. Absolutely unbiased. And we will continue to discuss it as the episodes progress. And if you would like to chime in, you can uh, use the hashtag Toonami Talkback to mention your thoughts on Game Museto Death Beats. Uh, and you can also email us at podcast at tsunamifaithful.com. For now, I think we've rambled on long enough about these first two segments. And uh, we'll catch you back next time. I have an idea. Next time on Game Who Said To Death Beats, can Makasu get along with Keith, his frog robot musical man? And will his new mentor analog, Dr. Legs, betray him just like the god of tennis did? Are these repeating character motifs opportunities for growth or dark omens? Who knows here? No one knows. No one's gonna know. And now we're back with the rest of the podcast. Paul. Oh, you want me to play everybody out? Okay. I don't have an instrument, though. (laughs) You need to summon your musical battle animal. You don't want that. Anyways. um, What would Paul's musical battle animal be? be, I won't be Thundercats. It'll be Silverhawks. We'll just give you Snarf. A a Silverhawk. Hmm. A silver hawk that's like an electric guitar. Yeah, I can see it. <laughs> they really need to redo that series. Anyways. See it. Um, so, as always, you can email us, po- uh, podcast at tsunamifaithful.com. Uh, if you want to give us feedback, you want to give us a topic, um, you want to give us, uh, you want to just tell us that we're doing good things, go ahead. Podcast at tsunamifaithful is, uh, is the email. So, podcast at tsunamifaithful.com. Um, you can listen to us on pretty much every podcast app out there. All you want to do is just go to the search bar and search for Tsunami Faithful Podcast. But the ones we want you to definitely listen to are Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and of course our SoundCloud page, soundcloud.com slash Tsunami Faithful Podcast. Every single episode is there, but we also have a website for the podcast, and that is podcast.tsunamifaithful.com as featured on the Adult Swim show, Toonami audience bracket, right? Yeah, okay. Um, which you can actually kind of, you can actually catch me and sketch on uh, the Adult Swim app. So let me check another box on my list. Um, <laughs> thanks, Caboose. Uh, thank you, Caboose. And 
Yeah, so podcast.tunamifaithful.com is where you can go for all of our episodes. And it actually has most, if not all, of the apps that we're on listed there as well. So um, also listed there is our social media, uh, facebook.com slash podcast. Please like us there. And follow us on Twitter at tunamipodcast as well. So, um, And lastly, we do have a Patreon. It's patreon.com slash faithful. Uh, please contribute there if you can. If you can't, um, we do have a way for you to donate. And if you are interested in just doing a straight-up donation and not something monthly, you can also email podcast at tsunamifaithful.com about that as well, and we can uh, I can tell you how to contribute there as well. So, But yeah, let's get on out of here. V-Lord, where can they find you, sir? People can find me on Twitter at VLORDGTZ. And then I also write uh, reviews and editorials for Tanami Faithful and also all-comic.com. Aside from that, I occasionally stream on Twitch at twitch.tv slash VLGTZ. And then I host three podcasts, uh, the first of which the Demon Slayer podcast at D Slayer podcast, Oversoul Shaman King podcast at Shaman King pod, and the Dumb Weebs podcast at Dumb Weebs pod. So go check out all of those. All right. And Sketch, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter at Sketch1984. And I'm trying to hang around the Toonami Faithful Discord more often. So uh, get on there and play among us with us. Right. And, of course, you can find me on Twitter at Paul Pascrillo. I am on the Toonami Faithful Discord. Uh, just at Paul Pascrillo, and you can summon me to the field, so to speak. You can email me, podcast, or I'm sorry, not podcast, well, paulpascrillo at tsunamifaithful.com. And uh, I do have an Instagram. It's instagram.com slash tsunami. Uh, it's uh, instagram.com slash paulpascrillo. Wow, I'm out of it tonight. I'm sorry. So, uh, yeah, you can, you can follow me and contact me at those places as well. So. Well, thank you guys for listening to this week's podcast. Thank you guys for tuning in as usual. And that's it for us this week. Thank you for listening to the Tsunami Faithful Podcast. Peace. We're out. Oh, wow.